shall be reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 13 to 16. That's Hebrews 11, verses 13 to 16. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having been, having seen and welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country which they left, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Praise the Lord. Well, the title of today's message is Faith to See the Future. Another possible title is Faith to See Heaven. Faith to See Heaven. Faith to See the Future or Faith to See Heaven. Now, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, fellow heirs to the same promise, promise, lived as foreigners in the land. They dwelt in tents because they looked forward to a more permanent dwelling place, a heavenly one. The promised land was not the ultimate promise. Please take note of that. And they knew that, according to Hebrews 11. The promised land was not the ultimate promise. The many descendants was not the ultimate promise. They were looking for something more than that. God used the land. This is God's plan. God used the land to nurture a nation. To nurture a nation that would usher in the ultimate promise. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the ultimate promise. That shall be the way to heaven. Not good works. Not the works of the law but by faith or through faith. Without faith, according to the author, it is impossible to please God. Take note, it is impossible to please God. And uh, faith is what? It is the certainty, being sure of, the conviction of things hoped for. This is not hope for anything you hope for. This is about the promises of God. The hope for the future for believers. Take note of that. Some misapply Hebrews 11.1 1, to personal selfish desires. That everything you hope for, God will give. No, there's only one thing guaranteed with genuine faith. One is its salvation in Christ. But if you are saved, there's another thing in James 1. It is wisdom. That if you ask without doubt, God will give you wisdom in his way, in his time. Take note, you may pray for a car, but the verse 1 does not apply to your car. Take note of that, please. There's nothing wrong with prayer. Lord, I need a new car. But suddenly you say, Hebrews 11 once said, Believe with full conviction, certainty, 
of things I hope for. I'm hoping for a car, therefore God will give me a car. That is false teaching. And you'll find that all over the TV, all over YouTube, of these false teachers. I hope you're not following them. There is a kind of blessing in abundance that is biblical, and there is a kind that is corrupted, meaning they were not careful in analyzing God's word. Now, the hope here is based on the promises of God. What is faith? It is the evidence of things not seen. And in the early verses in Hebrews 11, it clearly defined that that which is not seen is God and his word. We believe God, the invisible God, who by his word created the world. That's in verse 3. So it's clearly defined that faith should be anchored in God, who is invisible, and his word. And his word, because you cannot separate both of them. His word and God himself should be the focus and the anchor of our faith. Now, faith believes without a doubt. Without doubt in God and his promises, especially in Christ. Well, because the center of scripture is Christ. From the Old Testament, the shadows of Christ or the, or the foreshadowing in, in literary writing, in writing literature, there's a, such a thing called foreshadowing. We're preparing the reader for what's to come. And that's the same if you watch these good movies. They're preparing you for what is to come. There's foreshadowing already. Here, they call it the shadows or you have glimpses of who is to come. The glimpses of the Savior based in the law and the prophets. The author sought to encourage the Jewish believers to keep the faith. Keep the faith. And their faith should endure. And I think those words keep ringing again and again and again in our sermons. Showing the consistency of the writer. He keeps talking about faith, and he keeps adding endurance or showing that they have to endure. And like the patriarchs, they should welcome the promises that they have not seen. Let's read verse 13. Now, here's the thing. All these. Now, when you say all these, when you read that in, in, in a book or in a text, you would ask, does this include from verse 1, does this include Abel or just the, uh, the patriarchs? I would say, based on, on, on the content, it's about the patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All died without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Other translations as pilgrims on the earth. But exiles are also good. Why? Because they don't belong to the Jewish community. They don't belong there. They're like exiles from their community. But now they have their own community. So both actually, uh, both work. Now, the glimpse of the promise, that's what they had. The patriarchs with Sarah. Why did I write with Sarah? Because Sarah was part of the discussion. Abraham lived with Isaac and Jacob, but there was a special mention on the faith of Sarah. 
No, the patriarchs with Sarah died without receiving the promises. But they saw a glimpse of the promises in their spiritual eye. A glimpse, just knowing inside. Not literally a glimpse that they, they saw a city, but more of within them, inside them, they have a faith, a comfort within them that there is another city. Their faith made them see. And from a distance, meaning while they're still alive and not yet dead, and still knowing that it's not yet here because Christ was still to come, many years after they died, they believed. They believed. The author mentioned that they did not receive the promise. They had a glimpse. What was the glimpse? Going back to not the city, but going back to the statement of the descendants, because verse 12 mentioned about the descendants. Now, about the descendants, they also had just a glimpse. Now, the eternal city in the next few verses, we will read about the heavenly place. That's why I injected that. But they did not see the mighty nation, and they could not. Because they were limited by time. Their bodies were limited by time. So what did they see? They saw children. They saw Abraham received Isaac. And Isaac received Jacob. And we know that they are gifts from God. And Jacob received many children. Jacob received many children. Which we know became the 12 tribes of Israel. And of course, two grandchildren, those sons of Joseph, were included. Uh, and there was one who was somewhat, well, excluded. But we're not going to discuss that now. We've discussed that before. But none of the patriarchs, including Sarah, who believed, saw the mighty nation in their lifetime. Not in their lifetime. The patriarchs believed that they did not belong to earth. They didn't see that. The promise of promised land is here. We only have a few children, but they believed. They looked forward to a heavenly place, the city of God. So they had a glimpse of the promise. Now, the author is saying to the Jewish believers, we have a glimpse of that. We know that. We have experienced the power of God and the word of God. We know that. We have a glimpse of the promise. Therefore, remember, they're being persecuted. They have social discrimination and, and at times harm, physical harm, but not yet to a larger scale in terms of many being martyred. I believe they're about to reach that point. But it's a time where they're experiencing difficulty of just becoming a believer. But he's saying, endure. They saw something. We, Jewish believers of our time, should see it as well. Of course, later we'll apply that to us. We are non-Jewish believers. We are Gentile believers. Take note. Recognized, yes, by faith as children of Abraham by faith, not by blood, but by faith. Yeah, not necessarily by blood. I'm sure I'm related to Noah, but not Abraham, right? Unless you were, you're related to the monkey, I don't know. 
if you say you believe you are descendants of monkeys, maybe I'll respond. No kidding. That's why I see a great resemblance. Okay. They were exiles on earth. Exiles on earth or pilgrims. I don't know if you've read this classic book, Pilgrim's Progress. It's being studied in universities as part of the classics in, 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 in literature. And uh, when I was in college, it was required that we choose one of the books of classic literature and uh, we should write a paper about it. And uh, being very busy during college, why was I busy? I was also discipling. And those we discipled with my wife, well, she wasn't even my girlfriend then, we were just discipling, many of us, and so we were like full-time ministers who were students. Okay, we were not students who were doing ministry. We were ministers who happened to be students. So we believed in something eternal. And uh, because of being busy, I thought, how can I hack this? I have to read the whole book. But you know what? God is so good. When the, the ship Doulas, you, you remember the ship, the Christian bookstore who go from country to country? Uh, you know, the, the ship Doulas, meaning servant, docked in Batangas port, me and my brothers and sisters drove going there to buy books. And lo and behold, the pilgrim's progress in comic book form. I read that quickly and wrote my paper, and I got an A. Uh, uh, the theme of the book is about we as Christians are pilgrims on earth. We don't really belong. There's a journey within us. The journey is both external and internal, but mostly internal. We have a journey while here, and that journey may not coincide with the ways of the world, but there is a journey that God has called us from darkness to light for a purpose, for a higher purpose. Of course, it is to live out the Holy Scriptures, but even that alone is a journey. It is a journey to fight the temptations. It is a journey to grow up in Christ. It's a journey to become more responsible in Christ. It's a journey of overcoming negative emotions, which includes depression, envy, bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred. It's a journey in Christ to give up all that we have for His glory in total surrender, and it is a journey that we must endure. There will be suffering, but there is also peace and joy within. And that can only be a supernatural act <clears throat> of God. They were exiles on the earth. They recognized that they were exiles or pilgrims. They never felt they belonged. However, they looked forward to a country that they would belong, and it shall be their own. Let's read verse 14. Now, for those who say such things, what things? To those who look forward to another country, a heavenly one. For those who say such things, make it clear that they are seeking 
a country of their own, meaning we don't belong here. We have to wait for the place we truly belong. And if you feel not in, in the in crowd in your high school or college, congratulations. Perhaps you are not compromising. But you should feel in with those who have faith in Christ. If you feel out with those who have faith in Christ, that is a problem. Because we are exiles, but Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived in tents. They know what they're going through. They know they're different. The tribes of Israel, or Jacob, lived as a tribe. Yes, they made their own families, but they lived as a tribe. And that's the same model here as the writer to the Hebrews said. Do not neglect gathering together to encourage one another, especially that you know that the day is coming. That's why we should continue to learn scripture. If you don't enjoy scripture, study and worship with your brothers and sisters. And if you feel you don't belong, I don't know if you will fit in heaven. You might feel out of place there, therefore you might not enter. I'm just joking, of course. Why? When we're there, we will be, what's the discussion there? First, I believe we will be praising and worshiping God. But what would be the discussion? We'll be talking about, I'll be talking with Abraham and David for sure. I'll be talking to Paul. What did you mean when you said this? You know, the discussion would be also what we studied here. And they would also ask about our lives and all for what? For the glory of Christ. That's just my imagination of heaven. If you're not even comfortable talking about that, oh boy. If you don't enjoy God, then he has not changed your heart. There is a change of heart for a true believer. So perhaps you're not a true believer, but if you are a true believer, you know it within you. There was something there. Now you value a relationship with God. You can't think of anything more than that. Now it's about the Word of God. There's a hunger and desire for that. Now, His commands can't leave your mind and heart. He, it's just there. The words of God are just there. They lived as nomads even if they should build brick homes. Even if they could settle, they did not. But living in tents, they were able to move around. And you know, they did move around, especially when there was a famine. Abraham moved to Egypt temporarily. Isaac moved to uh, Gerar temporarily. And Jacob moved to Egypt and stayed there until he died. But his descendants would go back to the land of promise. Let's live as exiles, temporary beings on earth, because the final destination is our real citizenship, which is in the city of God. We're not saying don't help your community on earth. No, 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 that's not exactly what we're saying. In fact, Scripture, scripture encourages us to submit to governing authorities. That we should hear the cry of the desperate. And we should, in our different ways, contribute to our community. When I say community, not just our local church, but even our nation. We should. But always remember, we are temporary here. There are things greater 
than things of the earth. Therefore, please, don't be too comfortable here. It's a, we're just passing through. But while we pass through, sure, let's make a difference in the name of Christ. Let's make a difference. Then let's discuss about the heavenly place. The patriarchs could have gone back to their own country, especially Abraham. Uh, even Jacob, because he went back to his mother's place to, to, uh, to hide, but eventually got married there. He could have stayed there, but he did not stay there. Uh, they went back to the land of promise because they believed. But even beyond that, they searched for a country that was not of this world. They sought a heavenly country. Thus God was not ashamed to be called their God. Let's read verses 15 and 16. And verse 16 for me is such a, a powerful verse. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country which they left, they would have had opportunity to return. Their whole lifetime they could have returned. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, take note. Therefore, therefore what? From what? There, because they look for a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. So do, do these Jewish believers look forward? So the author was saying, hey, look forward. He was not directly saying, he was implying it. As these patriarchs look forward to here, hey, we may be here temporary, temporary exiles, but we should look forward to it. For, for what? To the heavenly place. Therefore, and because of that faith, God is pleased with that faith. God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And God will not be ashamed of these patriarchs. And the writer to the Jewish believers is saying, perhaps implying indirectly, that God would not be ashamed of us because we look forward to this country. We look forward. So sometimes when you pray, Lord, it's so difficult, take me home. There is some virtue there. All right? Have you prayed that prayer? Dikunakaya, take me home. Now, but I also warn you to be careful when you pray that because he might answer your prayer. <laughs> and when you say take me home, you were not specific how, all right? Maybe he'll give you something to suffer with to strengthen your faith. So I don't pray prayers like that. I said, let your will be done. That's the safest prayer I can pray. Thy will be done, not mine. Not my design, your design. If you want me to go through suffering, thy will be done. If not, thy will be done. Praise the Lord. You are wiser than I. Therefore, I trust in your will for my life. I trust in your word and whatever specific things I have to go through, I trust in that. So if we have different problems, let us just trust the Lord. Please stop comparing yourself with, why does he have that trial? That's a better trial than mine. Dapat palitay ng trial. Don't say that. God has his own way. They looked forward to the promise of God. They did not go back to where they came from. So the author is saying to the Jewish believers, you should not go back to Judaism. You should not go back to where you came from. 
but instead look forward to the promises of God in Christ. Now, the faith of the patriarchs pleased God. And again, let me say it again so we don't forget. And God is not ashamed to be called their God. And until today, they are known as, God is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Even until today, and it's, in scripture, it says there, he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's also known as the God of Israel. I don't know if you've been watching the speeches of, of Benjamin Netanyahu. When I was listening to one of his speeches, he ended with, Glory to the God of Israel! And I felt like standing and clapping. You know? I'm not, I, I believe he's not a believer, but he recognized the God of Israel. And he was praising the God of Israel. And God is not ashamed to be called their God because they look forward into something. Not just the descendants on that land, but a heavenly one. Let's look at application. Let's bring it home to ourselves. Number one, our faith should endure until the end. What does that mean? Either until the Lord returns or until we die. That was actually what the author is saying. Until all these died without seeing the promises. So some of us will die not seeing them. It didn't say directly, but we know that because of the theme of the book, we can safely say that he is connecting it to their context of what they're going through. Now, by faith, let us what? Because we must endure until the end. How can we show our faith continues? Of course, deep inside, God knows if we believe. But let us testify to one another the promises of God that we received in Christ. That's why it's good to share thanksgiving every week with your growth group. But to others even, what do we testify? The forgiveness of sin, the personal relationship with the Father, and God writing His commands in our minds and hearts. Three covenant promises that the author of Hebrews stated, that if you are in Christ, you have these three. Again, forgiveness of sin, a relationship with God, a direct relationship with God through Christ. And third, He writes the laws in our minds and hearts, meaning we have that heart to obey because He wrote it there. Now, genuine believers experience a taste of heaven. Yes, this new covenant promises God writing His laws in our minds and hearts and a relationship with Him and forgiveness of our sins. It is a taste of heaven through the new covenant in Christ. Thus, we know that it is true. Our faith knows that it is real. What is real? The heavenly place. And our faith should endure until the end. In our dying moments, we must say, Lord, I believe. I'd like to meet you now. I remember one time I was paying a visit. This was in Los Banos. I heard there was, well, somebody knows somebody. And there was a dying lady there and she has cancer she's at home and the sisters and uh, a brother were already there uh, i think they're just waiting but she seems to be holding on and uh, it's a good thing it was a good opportunity for us so i went there and uh, first they said can you pray for healing but when i got there and I listened to her. She couldn't speak very much. 
the message inside of me was, no, that's not where you will lead her. Lead her, make the gospel so clear, and prepare her for death. I went there several times, presenting the gospel in different perspectives. And then after a few days, there's a different joy in her eyes. I said, can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? Not a sinner's prayer. Of course, I asked her to repent of her sins and have faith. But pray to the Lord, I want to meet you now. Just pray, I want to meet you now. I left, and a few days she died. And when we came back to her wake, all of us noticed something. We, it was clear. There was some joy in her face. And I asked the sisters, the children, and she said she was very much at peace. Most of the time she would be in her room, on her knees, on her bed, and doing this. She only had to endure a little, right? Praise God. <laughs> but we must endure a lot. Because we don't know. Some of us might live to be a hundred. Do you like to live to be a hundred? Anybody? Oh, yeah, some of you, yeah. Please add to your prayer. Lord, I want to live a hundred, but I want to be strong, okay? You live to be a hundred, but you're just in bed, right? So be very specific in your prayer. And add one more prayer. And Lord, if I live to be a hundred, please make, don't make me look like a prune. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. Be more specific, okay? <laughs> but whether we live long or short, my friends, our faith must endure. We must not waver. We are true believers. If we are true believers, we know that we'll be going home someday. Next, we look forward to the heavenly place by faith. Let us welcome the promises of God from a distance. The promises that we have not yet received, one of which is the city of God, the country that we will call our very own. We have not yet received a full promise of the heavenly place, nor the promise of our salvation complete, meaning one day our dead bodies will have to be resurrected like Christ and have a glorified body. And that is a promise of Scripture. We don't have that yet. We decay, we die. We are either turned to the ground or into ashes. But the resurrection has not happened. So somebody asked me, isn't cremation anti-biblical? I said, where did you get that from? Because they said, uh, well, how can you be resurrected when you're just ashes? I said, that's not your problem. <laughs> I mean, and you cannot limit God. What, wherever particle or your, where your molecules are, it will come together again wherever it is. So, so what do you say people who died in the building that burned? Uh, they can't be resurrected? So please don't be so dogmatic about so little things. Uh, forgive me, that's me acting. I'm not really angry. But sometimes for you to remember, you need to... The, dog the dogma should be on the major things about faith, about grace, about the Trinity. 
on the major things. We look forward to a heavenly place. Do you look forward to it? There was this old tune. Soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king. Soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king. I never liked singing it. Uh, <laughs> I see the king in my heart. That's fine with me. If I have not fulfilled my purpose on earth, I don't want to go home, okay? But I look forward to it. You know, there's a difference. I look forward to it, but I have responsibilities here in the kingdom of God. And that includes, of course, my family and whatever he wants us to do here. Still his will. But there is some virtue in the song, meaning it somehow reminds us that there is a city. A glimpse of it within our hearts. We look forward. I look forward living there. Um, uh, the heavenly country beats all first, first world countries in the world, trust me. Uh, why do we believe? Because the word of God says so. Our faith is rooted in the word. In fact, in, in chapter 12, we will discuss there that somehow we have entered into that city already. And that is the relationship with the Father. We have a taste of that. Therefore... Let us not look back to our former way of life. Do not go back to your old religion. Do not go back to what? Do not go back to the worldly way and do not copy the ways of the world. We don't belong here. The pressure will be there of compromise because if you go whether school or workplace where many are compromising or sinning, and you think that's normal because you're around that, you're too comfortable. We should remain in Christ, which means remain faith in God and His Word. It's still the Word of God. And lastly, speak of our faith in His Word. Well, we have faith in His Word. We should speak about that. Our faith in Christ grants us God's grace, which includes mercy, Forgiveness and reconciliation. What does, this, what does that mean? Sin separates us from God. There's a separation. And because of sin, the wrath of God is what we can expect. But because of Christ, He reconciled us to God. Therefore, we have a new heart. That's a promise of God, a new heart. Thus, we will never look back. And we will continue to proclaim the gospel of Christ, calling people to repent and believe. As a community of believers together. Again, remember the context, the author is writing to the Jewish believers in a community. They were in community or in small communities because they were organized into small communities like what we're doing now. We're doing house churches because not everybody can come here anyway. But uh, we do this so that people can still be fed and they can spiritually fed and have fellowship. So the community of believers had to stay together, but we should practice the same way today. Uh, together we look forward to the city. Together we are, we are pilgrims on the earth, actually exiles as well. And together we shall strengthen our faith because if you remember in chapter 10, do not neglect meeting one another, but encourage one another. And uh, you see, we don't belong to the world, 
but despite that, we shall proclaim the gospel and we shall make disciples of all nations as long as we are alive. Now, if you have been trained in a certain Christianity or churchianity without you making disciples, please, it is time to grow up. You have to take the step of faith. It's not just proclaiming the gospel. It is meeting these people as often as you can, as long as they are listening and willing to listen. Many times, perhaps 80%, they would reject you. But then you keep looking for the 20% or the 10% or the 1% out of a, the one out of 100 willing to listen and willing to discuss with you the word of God that they may know him and that they may grow in Christ. You do not stop. But if you know the kind of churchianity where you just come and attend and go home and that's it. I'm a Christian, you know, I attend one of the CFs. <laughs> you come here makes you a Christian. It's the same in the he among the Hebrew Jewish community. Not everybody was. That's why there was a lot of warning in the letter. And as I preach here every week, I warn those who just come but do not want to serve God. They want to be blessed. But they have no sense of responsibility. They have no sense of, I want to build this community with you guys. There's no sense I want to learn with others. There's just so much pride of knowing a lot. Or so much aloof of non wanting to reveal the self. And one thing about the community, we get to see one another's strengths and weaknesses. And then we learn to live with that. That's a community. You understand me? We learn to receive correction and encouragement at the same time. And we give our loving correction and encouragement as well. That's a community with the center. Who's the center? Christ himself and the word of God. The word of God as the supreme, supreme sovereign for us that we submit to. We are led by the word of God. Leaders on earth who are not leading by the word of God are not God's leaders. God's, they are not God's servants. They are false leaders, false teachers. It's always about the Holy Scriptures. And people should be pointed to Christ and to the Scriptures more than you point to yourself. That's why we also tell growth group leaders, don't point to yourself. Always point to the Word. Point to Christ. And you will be safe. <laughs> what do I mean safe? Oh, because God also disciplines us leaders. Be careful with that. Because that could be really painful coming from God. So we make them focus there. So, brothers and sisters, in application, let us not stop giving up as pilgrims, as exiles on this earth. Let us make a difference in the world, but let us not forget we don't really belong here. We belong in Christ. You see, I love the environment, and many of you do love the environment. Right? Genesis said, you know, they told the first man, take care of the garden, and you can eat anywhere. <laughs> and, the, and you expand that to the world, take care of the world, and the world will take care of you. I, I believe that. But I also believe that one day all of this will be gone. Burned by fire. God made a covenant with Noah. You know that covenant, the rainbow? Rainbow is a covenant with Noah, not LGBTQ. 
QRSTUVWXYZ, okay? So it's a covenant with no one, not that. So when you say, see the rainbow, remember the covenant of God to Noah. I will not flood the earth again. But then you go later on to the New Testament, he will burn the world with fire in the future. So, don't worry, no more flooding, but there will be fire. <laughs> oh, he didn't promise no fire, right? He only promised no flood. But while we are still alive, what do we do? Remember the patriarchs. How do we apply it? Faith in Christ, faith in the word, until we die. And until we die, we look forward to a country. Until we die, we fulfill God's will here. For Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was to have children. How easy is that? Well, not as easy for some, like Sarah. But, but what? Hey, make disciples of all nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 24, when this gospel is proclaimed to all nations, ethne, all people group, not geopolitical nations, all ethne, all tribes meaning, and then the end will come. You want the end to come? Fulfill that. So we are trying to fulfill that because that is the mandate. I share to you now, as you expect, in almost every sermon, now I feel obliged to write one every Sunday because a lot of you are already expecting it. Some people even share it to me. I'm really waiting for the point because somehow it summarizes everything. And uh, uh, it's a wonderful thing to, for, for somebody to see that, but it's also a wonderful thing for me to feel the pressure to find the discipline to always write this. So I present to you the Sojourner's Faith. A sojourner is not temporary. The patriarchs believed in him. The promise filled them to the brim. Until their last breath they trusted. On earth they never adjusted. They never turned back from the call. Each one of them believed, yes, all. None looked back to the former place. Their trust in God was not misplaced. They looked for another city, a city made by divinity. The architect is God, none other, a place with a lamb forever. We're in the world, but not of it. Our faith made strong by holy writ. Let us learn the word as a church. His wisdom together we search. Oh, may we always remember each one of us a sojourner. Time on earth is not forever. Our future is with the Father. Oh, may we always remember that. I'll repeat that. Go back to that, please. Oh, may we always remember each one of us a sojourner. Time on earth is not forever. Our future is with the Father. He's unashamed to be our God. With this truth, we're amazed and awed. Why look back to the worldly way? There is no reason to be swayed. Thus, we shall never look back. Now our path is fixed and on track. Our faith is set until the end.
Therefore, remain in faith, my friend. Let's all rise. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for reminding us. Oh, we, we absorb your word. We don't belong here. That's why we should stick together, fulfill your mission as a church community. Learning to submit to one another, bless one another, correct one another, moving forward, trusting in you. Make this community stronger. May we never miss where we came from, whatever religion or way of life. May we never miss it. But may our anticipation be at the present, your will for us now. At the present, our assignment. And in the future, a glimpse of the heavenly place. Thank you, Lord. Make us eternally minded. More of a mindset for eternity than a mindset for earth. We do not neglect our work, the way we should provide, the way we should study at school to prepare ourselves for the future. We do not neglect this earth, Lord. For you commanded us to take care of it. Yet our hope, our knowledge that comes from you states that there is a new earth that you will provide. And that we look forward to. Be glorified in each life. May we understand that faith in Christ alone. And faith alone saves by grace alone. For the glory of God alone everything as revealed by scripture alone may the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of the father and the fellowship of his spirit be with you all god's people say amen amen god bless you good morning